to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig. Each episode, we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, why am I talking? Why am I talking? And, and I think I also frame this in, why do I want to be talking? which is the kind of question that we look, that I like to look at um, when agenda setting for meetings is a particular place that I think, although I think it applies other places, but a, an easy place to look at this is, you know, when somebody says, I, I want time on the agenda for this, and it's usually a content piece. I want time on the agenda to talk about this project, or I want time on the agenda to talk about the break room, or I want time on whatever the thing is, right? And if I'm facilitating that meeting, I have learned to pause at that point and say, what is your objective? What are you hoping will be the outcome of this time that you would like at this meeting? Because I find if I'm facilitating, I have a much better chance of getting them what they want if I know what that thing is. And in fact, the whole meeting turns out to be more useful. And so the, the frame I give is that most often, people want one of three things. They either want to say something, which is what they're likely thinking they're gonna do, actually, or they want to be heard about something, which is different than saying it. We forget that, but it's very different, actually. Um, and then the third thing, which is what they actually most often want, is to change behavior. And so if we can really key into which of those, and I want to be clear, they're all fine objectives. I, there's nothing wrong with any one of them, but if you think you want one thing and you actually want another, that's where it turns out not to be a good use of meeting time and not very satisfying for anyone. When we aren't clear which of those we're in, it can cause all sorts of challenges. Um, and this is a question that I like to try to ask myself when I'm talking in a meeting, um, when I am participating, you know, in um, in sort of any of these kinds of things. It's like, wait a minute, what is my purpose in actually speaking here? Um, there's a funny story actually about uh, my my spouse and I. Uh, we uh, process information in very different ways. I often work things out by talking them through. Uh, and she kind of thinks about stuff. And then when she's got a fairly fully formed idea, we'll share it. So what this has led to on a number of occasions is me kind of working stuff out and talking things through and her wondering what my point is. <laughs> <laughs> because why am I talking? I'm talking because I'm trying to figure things out or I'm trying to share something or I'm trying to... and. Her default is very different than my default, but she assumes that I operate the same way she does. We no longer do this. We at some point actually got to an understanding of this so that she can now say without prejudice, uh, I'm unclear. Do you need me to listen or do you just need to talk? And it, because it means I haven't been upfront about, hey, I actually need you to hear this thing because I actually, I need to be heard or I actually want us to do something different than what we're doing and I'm sharing relative information. I have, may have not made that clear or I may have 
She may have thought that that's what we're doing. And in fact, I'm just kind of talking and working through stuff. So when I'm able to be clear about that, what it allows her to do is to understand what listening mode she needs to be in, right? And how to engage with what it is that I'm saying. So I think, and this happens in, in meetings and in groups as well, when I can be clear about why I'm talking, it helps me get to the point. But also when I can make it clear to other people why I'm talking, they can know how to engage with that. Yeah, and I think that's particularly valuable when you're the facilitator of a thing, when you're facilitating a meeting, um, because very often, if people just wanna say a thing, they pretty much know what they wanna say. That, that, that doesn't need a lot of facilitation. You give them their five minutes and, and go on. But if what they want is to be heard or to change behavior, most of us benefit from some coaching and some thinking about what, if that's the outcome that I want, how do I wanna say it? Or even do I wanna say it? Like if I wanna change behavior, I need others to get their values engaged and their thinking and their, like it, it may not even be that I say, I want this behavior change. It may be, hey, I have this problem. <laughs> I, I'm seeing this problem. Can we work it together? And what comes out of the group is going to be more useful. So I think if you get clear about what you want, it really changes the facilitator's role and what type of meeting structure you're going to use and how much time is needed. And sometimes whether the meeting that you're asking for time in is even the right place to address it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've certainly had people say, you know, I, I want to have a time on the meeting to talk about this new policy that we need when really what they need is to work out the conflict with the person whose behavior they didn't like. And a, you know, and a community-wide policy is not going to solve their problem. But As, but as we've talked about in previous too. episodes. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think that like getting clear about objective, that why am I talking or why do I want to be talking, um, really shifts both for me and, and for a listener in a one-on-one, -on -one, as you're saying, and it's a really good cue for a facilitator to be thinking about so that you facilitate in the way that aligns with what the, that person is wanting to see happen. Mm -hmm. Keeping, of course, with also the needs of the group, but, mm -hmm. but really everybody's more likely to be satisfied. Yeah, and one of the things that it touches on is something we've talked about a lot before um, is the idea that when we can identify this thing that is outside of us, right? This outcome that we're actually trying to get, that actually becomes something that's now in the relational space, in the space between, that we can all organize around, that we can all interact around, um, rather than it necessarily being a, a thing that is fully inside you. So even if it's a case of, I need to say something because I need to be heard, my need to be heard can be a thing that the group can organize around. Like mm -hmm. if, if we're in a relational space where people's need to be heard is something that is understood and respected mm -hmm. and valued, then being able to flag, hey, I, I have a thing that I, I, I'm not feeling heard about, right? That by being able to flag that, that cues up to the group that my need to be heard is something we can organize around, right? And then we can engage with. But if I haven't made that clear, it isn't a thing that we can work with. So kind of putting the, recognizing what the objective is and putting it out into the space actually can make it easier to get 
that thing, regardless of what it is, if it's a behavior change, if it's a need to be heard, if it's a need to say a thing, uh, it, people know how to interact with you and with each other around it. Yeah. And I think this leads to a corollary that you and I were talking about before we started recording today of how often we think that because we have said a thing that others have heard it or others will change their behavior. And so I think that's the, the flip side of this is recognizing that um, even in retrospect, looking back, we can sort of look at it and go, well, you know, I said it, so therefore I was heard. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not actually what happened. And if, and if what we wanted was to definitely have it be heard, mm -hmm. or more mm -hmm. often that people committed and aligned with and engaged mm -hmm. with and mm -hmm. would have that thing influence behaviors or that kind mm -hmm. of thing, probably we needed to slow down and engage in a richer way than just saying the thing. And, and a, a lot of that is about sort of radiating intent. Like my intent in saying this is, if we can actually make that clear to the group, it, it can it can be a lot easier for that to actually happen. It's funny, I um, and questions can actually be around that too. I, I find myself often in a situation where someone is asking me for a piece of information and it looks like it's a really simple request. Um, but I get the feeling that there's something deeper behind it. Like they're gonna use this information for something. And I don't know what that is. So I will, I, what I've found myself doing now is I will answer the question, I'll give them the information, and then I will follow that up with, so what do you, what's behind your question? Why are you asking that? What are you gonna do with this information? Because um, I wanna help them, but I wanna make sure that I'm actually being helpful about it. And I think there's a, like, if someone is not being forthcoming, if they're not radiating that intent, inquiring about it can actually be useful. And I think that applies not only to questions, right? The degree to which I can respectfully ask, why are you talking? Means I have a much better chance of actually helping you get what you want. Um, <sighs> if, if you haven't made it clear, I can actually try to help with that, right? Be like, so, so, and, and again, going back to uh, my spouse saying, um, do you need to talk or do you need me to listen? Right? That's actually a way of getting me to clarify the intent. And the fact that we've gotten to a point where I do not feel judged at all when I hear that, right? Because I could react very badly to it. Like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, no, you're right. I, thank you, right? Seeing that as a gift. So when I'm not clear about why someone else is talking, I can actually help them by finding that out, not in a blaming, right? why are you talking? Why are you still talking? Right? Not in a judgmental <laughs> way, but it's like, help me help you. Like, I want to know. So what is it you're hoping? <laughs> why are you telling me this? What are you hoping will happen? If I can mm -hmm. do that in a respectful, in a, in, a, in a way that works within the relationship, then yes. I think that's, it's a way, yeah, it's a way that we can actually move forward around it. Because I, I have to assume there is a reason why you're doing it. I just don't know what that reason is. So if I can get curious about it rather than being judgmental about it, then, then I think that helps us move forward. So I think we sort of started with the premise that we often are not very conscious about why we actually are talking. What is the thing we really want? And if we can, if I can within myself get clear about what it is that I really want, what I hope the outcome of my talking will be, that's going to help me speak in a way that maximizes the likelihood that I'll get that thing. And that 
if we can help each other, whether from a facilitator's role in planning a meeting can sort of help that clarity come or just interpersonally if I'm working with one other person and I'm not sure why they're asking for what they're asking or why they're talking, that if I can ask that in a non-judgmental, curious way, that that can help them get conscious about it. And then because I know what their need is, I have a much better chance of meeting it. Exactly. So I think that's gonna do it for us for today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimney. And this has been Employing Differences. Mm -hmm.